Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the Raiders put in another request for their open GM position. Plus, Mad Max Crosby shares his thoughts with the Rich Eisen Show, and I reluctantly address the officials and their bias to the Raiders. Plus, your calls and texts will close out the show. All coming up on this edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome into another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. A lot to get to on today's show. Off top, I'd like to thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. And as I mentioned at the top, the Raiders have put in a request for another GM candidate. They reached out to the Bengals to ask about Trey Brown to interview for the vacant GM job. He has been regarded in the NFL circles as very sharp, very knowledgeable, and a relentless worker. And he's impressed ownership in multiple GM interviews, including the Raiders who interviewed him back in 2018 before they decided to hire Mike Mayock. So it seems like he made a pretty good impression with the team, and they're going to bring him in for another interview. Uh, He was with the Eagles from 2013 to 2018. Back in 2017, he actually interviewed with the Bills for their GM job that eventually went to Brandon Bean. But again, they felt pretty comfortable with him. They were pretty impressed by him. They just decided to go in another direction with Bean. So now Mark Davis is asking for another attempt to get him into a meeting and talk with them. So if you're keeping track, Mike Mayock was released of his duties on Monday by the Raiders, and now they've reached out to three different organizations to interview, or at least request to get interviewed. Trey Brown on Tuesday, and then Patriots Director of Player Personnel Dave Ziegler, and Colts Vice President of Player Personnel Ed Dodds. All three of those guys have a request out by the Raiders to interview them for their open GM job. And so far, they've only put out one request for their open head coaching job, if in fact it is an open head coaching job, and that was Patriots inside linebacker coach Gerard Mayo. So we know Gerard Mayo is going to get an interview or we expect him to get an interview. Uh, interim head coach Rich Basaccia said he's going to have a conversation to some sorts with Mark Davis. So, so far, those two we know for the coaching job, but we don't know any other guys. So three potential GMs and two potential head coaches so far. And this is going to be obviously the lead story until it's not the lead story. So we didn't know exactly what the Raiders are going to do with the GM spot and the potential head coach. Is it going to be Rich Bisaccia? Is he going to get the full-time job? Or are they going to bring someone in from the outside? That's just something that we'll continue to monitor and continue to update until we know what direction the Raiders decide to go. Also on Tuesday, another future signing was made official by the team. Safety in the trail, Jamerson, was signed to a reserve future deal. He's a five foot eleven safety, 201 pounds, three years experience out of Wisconsin. He was originally signed by the Saints as a fifth round pick back in 2018, and he's played with the Saints, the Texans, the Packers, the Panthers, the Jets, the Giants. He's been in 21 career games, totaling six tackles and one pass defense, played four seasons at Wisconsin, totaling eight, 88 tackles and two interceptions, including one return for a touchdown. Again, you're going to get a lot of these as well, and it's funny, I had someone hit me up and say, wait a minute, if the GM's not in place, who's making all these signings? And I can tell you, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know who's pulling the trigger on these. Obviously, there's people inside the, the franchise still and inside the front office that are still making their moves. And, of course, they still have their contract guys in place. And they have a lot of guys in place. I just don't know the official dude who's making these calls and who's making these signings. So I couldn't tell you that as of right now. All I could do is report to you what they send out. And the Raiders do a good job of emailing us and letting us know any kind of transactions that they make. So, They signed Natrell Jamerson to a reserve future contract on Tuesday. 
Also on Tuesday, I thought it was pretty cool that Mad Max Crosby was actually a guest on the Rich Eisen show. And it's funny because I normally don't listen to the Rich Eisen show. Every once in a while, I'll catch it. But on Raider Nation Radio 920 from 10 to 12 uh, Pacific Standard Time, there's actually the Rich Eisen show is played on the station. We don't have a live and local show during those couple hours. And so I was in my office. No joke. I'm in my office sitting there. And I was like, man, I swear I hear Max Crosby somewhere. And I didn't realize that the morning show had left the monitors up in the studio. So all of a sudden in my office, I can hear Max Crosby talking. So I was like, man, let me go uh, hear what he's got to say. So he was a guest on the Rich Eisen show. So I was actually glad that it shook out that way. So I was able to grab a couple sound bites from what he had to say. And I thought it was interesting. It was probably a good 10 to 12 minute conversation, but I only took a couple sound bites that I wanted to share with you here on the podcast. So uh, one of the questions that Eisen asked him, and Rich Eisen's really good at doing interviews as well. Great at asking the right questions and get some really good answers. I got to give him a lot of credit for that. So one of the questions he asked him was about the toughest aspect of the season that just got wrapped up for the Raiders? Yeah, you know, there's, there's so many things uh, that I can point to, but there was just a lot of ups and downs and, un, you know, nothing guaranteed. You know, there was, you know, we got a new coach. We had, you know, new players, injuries constantly. Um, but the one thing that stayed constant was just everyone's attention to detail and, the will to win you know everybody wanted to just continue to play even when we we're six and seven and just got beat by like a <laughs> hundred points by the Chiefs you know we could have we could have just said all right well you know we'll see what happens we'll get ready for next year but we went on the road beat Cleveland came home beat Denver went on the road beat Indy and then finished it at home and beat the Chargers you know all against really good teams so it's just a collective group of guys that like I can't even describe how how proud I am of this this team and coaching staff it's been it's been one hell of a ride so there is Max Crosby kind of talking about the ride and the roller coaster and all the adversity that the Raiders had to deal with off the field throughout the course of the season and still being able to get 10 wins and get into the playoffs and so uh, the next question that was asked to him was about Mike Mayock of course being released from his duties on Monday so here's Max Crosby talking about Mike Mayock being fired yeah you know it's 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 tough man uh mike you know the things he's done for me um like you said he drafted me um he's done so much for me always looked out for me constantly just being there um his him his family you know they've always always been so good to me and my girl and, and my family and i can't appreciate you know say how much i appreciate him you know he's a. Uh, you know, it's crazy. We, we just were, I was just in his office two days ago, had an amazing talk, and then the next day I got the news. So, you know, we had a good talk yesterday, and, you know, he's going to be good. You know, he's, yeah. he's, uh, he's a great dude, and I can't, you know, I can go on all day, but he's just, he's a, he's a special guy, and I just appreciate everything he he did for me and in this organization you know he's he's been awesome so there's Crosby on Mike Mayock who we know is fired he was fired on Monday but Rich Basaccia still stays you know he's still hanging right now he's going to get a conversation with Mark Davis he said that himself a little bit later on this week he's expecting that and then even potentially a couple weeks from now who knows but here's Max Crosby on Rich Basaccia and what he had to do to keep this thing together um you know Rich (laughs) Rich is one of a kind you know he's you know, everybody's been asking what's going to happen, and everybody knows my vote. Uh, and it's, I made that very clear. You know, I love Rich. I think he's the best man for the job, and he's come in and done done such an amazing job. We've won 10 games with a team that's had tragedy, lost, everything you can imagine. Um, and he's found a way to get a group of guys to come together and win football games in January and December, um, which is rare. Uh, so 
Bruce is he's the real deal. You know, he's a, he's a leader of men, and that's that's all you can ask for. So clearly thinks very highly of Rich Basaccia, as many guys in that locker room do. I mean, we heard that all throughout the course of the year from Max Crosby, from Derek Carr, from Hunter Renfro. Many guys backed up Rich Basaccia, and not only in the Raiders locker room. I mean, there's plenty of people across the league that back up Rich Basaccia and talk about how much of a leader of men he is. So I don't think that what Max Crosby is saying is just trying to, you know, make everything sound good or like a puff job or anything. I mean, he truly believes everything he's saying about Rich Basaccia, and I believe it too. I believe that uh, a lot of people have some great high feelings about him. Uh, it's going to be up to Mark Davis to decide what he ultimately does with him, but uh, I've shared my feelings of what I think is going to happen, but that's just from my point of view of what I think is going to happen. So we'll see exactly how it all shakes out. Now, the last two sound bites I wanted to share for, with you were about Max Crosby and things he's gone through in his life, and sometimes you've got to share life messages, you know, life stories, and I think it's great when a guy like Max Crosby or a guy like Darren Waller or someone else shares up and uh, stands up and shares their message. And so Max Crosby was asked about things he's gone through in his life, you know, and a, a message that he wanted to send to not only Raider Nation, but just people in general. Yeah, you know, uh, for me, um, I've been through a lot um, <laughs> from my childhood. Uh, been been through a ton. Um, growing up, I didn't have the best life. I was a wild, <laughs> a wild kid, to say the least. Um, went through a lot of ups and downs, battle demons. Um, but one thing that stayed true was that I never left, lost sight of what I wanted to become. Um, I always wanted to be in the NFL. I wrote it and told my teachers, every single teacher from middle school, from elementary school to high school, I, I kept the same goal. Um, and even though I had some ups and downs, addiction, all, all type of stuff, I never lost sight of that. Um, and once I got my life together, I started seeing, <laughs> seeing the brighter side and like, just in my third year, I'm 24 years old, and I'm a pro bowler. I'm an all-pro, and that just gives me more motivation. So just for people out there, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, people before this season were writing articles saying, telling, you know, telling, asking, is Max getting benched? You know, we signed this guy, this guy. Is Max benched now? Is he going to lose his job? I kept everything. So <laughs> I just know personally everybody's going to say whatever they want to say about you, but if you come in and put the work, um, you can become anything. And for me, it's special because I know I'm just getting started and, you know, I just want to go to a whole nother level. Um, next season. And that's all that you could really want to hear, man, from Max Crosby right there talking about, you know, how he stayed motivated, stayed focused on, on what he was trying to do, even through the ups and downs. He didn't let that stop him. And uh, I can appreciate that. I really can. And I think that that's a message that everyone needs to hear. Anyone who's trying to get to the next level in no matter what you're doing, whatever your, your craft is or whatever your goal in life is, you can absolutely do it just like Max just said. And so the final soundbite I want you to hear is just about what happened. What was really going on in his life that made him realize he needed to clean up and he needed to sober up? Yeah, I think it was just, uh, it was just, at, at the end of the day, it was just, uh, it became repetitive um, with my decision making and what I was doing. It just wasn't working. Um, it kept getting progressively worse, um, drinking more, partying more, not, you know, not <laughs> as dedicated, you know, to my, to my craft and, his, you know, all that. And football is my number one. So, if I were to lose that, I don't, you know, I, that's kind of what it was for me. It's like, all right, I'm either going to go and have fun and do all these crazy things and be done and be forgotten, or I can make a decision right now and change my life, go get clean and do what I'm, I'm meant to do. And I feel like I'm, I was put on this earth to play football 
and be an example for people that went through what I went through. Um, and that's, that's what I'm doing right now. And I just want to continue to, to grow and take that to higher and higher levels um, every single day. So that's the thing I can tell people is if you got a plan to do, so, to do something, you have goals. Like I used to think such, you know, big picture. Like I always like, oh, I want to do this, want to do this. But I didn't take care of the day to day. And for me, I just I try to stay in today. Um, make the most out of my 24 hours every single day and just be positive and, and be a positive light for somebody else. And I've been doing it one day at a time and it's, it's, it's showing. Um, and I just, you know, I feel like I'm just getting started and it's going to be, you know, bigger and bigger every day. That's awesome right there. And I hope that uh, whoever just heard that, I hope that anyone, just one person that just heard that kind of gets motivated or focused in on what they're trying to do. Because, again, sometimes you just need to hear from someone on the outside and someone that you even look up to and say, you know what, I can do that as well. Uh, I thought that that was great right there from Max Crosby. Again, that was uh, courtesy of the Rich Eisen Show, and that was on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Tuesday. But it was a good 10, 12-minute conversation with Max, and he's a fantastic interview, and Rich Eisen does a fantastic job as well. So uh, good stuff right there. That's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, it's going to be a conversation that I honestly reluctantly talk about. I don't like to talk about this conversation, but it's been going and flying around Twitter. A lot of people asking me about it. People sending me videos, sending me articles. So I'm going to address it. I'm going to leave it alone. And that has to do with officiating. It has to do with the report from the ethical skeptic that has been out for years about data shows NFL officiating is biased against the Raiders and how it's real. And I know it's been out. Talk to the guy on the radio before. I'm going to address it one time and be done with it. Simple as that and tell you exactly where I stand and let it be done. Simple. Coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I will tell you about Built Bar. And I've been talking about Built Bar for a really long time, right? I tell you about all the great flavors. Tell you about how it's good for you. How instead of having a late night snack that's a candy bar, you should just have a, a protein bar that tastes great. Well, that's what Built Bar is. And it's cool when someone actually calls in and says, hey, man, I actually tried one of those Built Bars and they were fantastic. So Smith Raider and the ATL actually hit me up on the Locked On Raiders podcast voicemail line to do just that and talk about Built Bars. Check it out. Hey, what's up, Q? Smith Raider in the ATL here. I uh, just wanted to let you know, I work at a grocery store here in Atlanta, and the uh, past couple days I had to work overnights, 12-hour overnight shifts, because uh, we had snowstorms. And so I was working overnight, and I looked on the shelf, and what did I see? Built Bar. Uh, made its way onto our shelf, and I was like, oh, man, it immediately reminded me of you and uh, how much you talked about Built Bar, so I gave it a try. And uh, it was the coconut almond and the salted caramel, and um, just wanted to let you know, thanks for uh, putting that in my mind, because that's pretty much what I ate for two nights straight uh, was just Built Bar, keeping me going in that grocery store. Uh, so anyways, just wanted to let you know that. And uh, you have a good day. Thanks. So there it was right there. Smith Raider and the ATL talking about Built Bars. And honestly, I can't tell you anything else about it. I can just tell you that uh, my man tried them. He saw them on the shelves at his grocery store, and he likes them. And as simple as that, sometimes a testimonial can go a lot farther than me just telling you about how great they are. But if you're like Smith Raider and you want to try one, you're looking for a healthy snack, go to Built.com. Do it right now. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order just like that. Again, Built.com is the website. LOCK15 is the promo code. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into a conversation that I'm telling you I really reluctantly am jumping into. Uh, I got hit up on Twitter multiple times by multiple people talking about this subject, and I said, no, I'm going to leave it alone, I'm going to leave it alone, I'm going to leave it alone. And somehow I got sucked into the rabbit hole that was talking about this conversation on Twitter, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to address it one time and one time only and call it a day. And the thing about it is, I don't even blame Raider Nation for reacting to this, and this is an article that's been put out by uh, Ethical Skeptic, and he's talking about the NFL officiating and how there's a bias against the Raiders, and that's real. First of all, as anyone who's been a member of Raider Nation for any kind of time already understands that, already knows that, already realizes that that's a, a situation. Also, anyone who's a member of Raider Nation realizes that's a situation that you can't control, right? That's a situation that you can do nothing about. I mean, if the NFL officiating is going to look at the, the Raiders, and I think that this is what they do. I don't think that they go into the game saying, hey, we're going to throw 14 flags on the Raiders. I don't. I think that they go into the game, and they are aware of the team that they're playing or their team that they're officiating, and the Raiders have a reputation that are the bad boys of the league or some of the bad boys of the league. And so whenever they make a really good play, sometimes the officials think, hey, that's a bad play or that's a penalty. I don't know the exact science that goes into it, but yes, I realize that there are some penalties that are called against the Raiders at times that are just so frustrating. So I get it. And coming off the heels of a playoff loss for the first time that the Raiders have been in the playoffs since 2016, and of course there was a controversial call in there being that whistle call. And there was probably a couple other plays that you could say uh, were controversial calls. But I'll say this. I don't sit there and go into a conversation. I don't go on the radio. I don't come on the podcast and blame officiating. Now with the whistle call, I did say, hey, that was terrible. That was something that by the letter of the law, it should have been stopped. The play should have been stopped and done over. Now, does that mean that the Raiders wouldn't have allowed the Bengals to score? No. They might have scored on the very next play, or maybe they wouldn't have. You don't know. But by the letter of the law, it should have been a whistle. So, yes, it was a bad call. But I just don't like when I see websites. And, look, I know some of the people on these websites that are putting out these articles and rehashing it a couple days after a Raiders tough loss because that's going to get the most clicks. It's going to get the most Raider reaction. And I'm just not built like that. I'm not built to just go and try to play off the emotions of, of Raider Nation and get them all uh, upset about something when there's nothing you could do about it at this point. And yes, I can say, as a guy that sat in the stands for a very long time watching the games and yelling at the refs, yelling at the team, being mad when the team lost, I mean, all that. I've been there, done that. I know those emotions. Yes, I understand how easy it is to blame the officials. But I'll say this, in that game on Saturday against Cincinnati, the officials aren't the reason why the Raiders lost. The Raiders are the reason why the Raiders lost. They were one for five in the red zone. You know, they weren't able to get Cincinnati off the field on third down. They made a couple penalties that were bad decisions. You know, bad, bad penalties that kept drives alive for the Bengals. They weren't able to keep them out of the end zone. I mean, there was a lot of different reasons why they lost that game outside of just one play. You know, that, that whistle play, yes. Okay, I get it. Again, bad call. I know it was a bad call. No doubt about it. There's bad calls all the time. I've even gotten to the point of I know there's so many bad calls throughout the course of the league that I'm almost willing to say, hey, you know what? Just the hell with replay. You might as well get rid of replay because you're not getting it right with replay anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'd much rather than not have replay and get it wrong and then just say, well, hey, that was a, that was a judgment call and they just happened to get it wrong. I almost actually rather them do that because they're so bad these days. And I don't know how you fix that, but they're bad across the entire league. But my point of this whole conversation, because I got hit up by um, people on Twitter saying, oh, well, you're just ignoring the fact that the NFL has a bias. No, I'm not ignoring anything, but I'm not going to dwell on it either. I mean, and that goes with life. That's one of the things that goes with life. There's certain circumstances in life that you can't control. And this is where I come from. 
This is just who I am. And this has nothing to do with football. This just has to do with me as a person. I know there's certain circumstances in my life that I cannot control that may make people feel a certain type of way about me. But you know what? I can't control it, and I can't change the way you think. I can't, way that, I can't change the way anyone else's think. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just do the best I can to overcome it. And I know a lot of people, and I'll tell you this, that I worked with a lot of people that looked like me and, and said that, well, you know what? You can't get this job because of the way you look or your appearance, who you are, you, or you have tattoos, or whatever the case may be. But mostly it's because I was black. Oh, you can't get this job. Okay, well, you know what? Instead of letting that be a crutch, and instead of allowing that to be the reason why I failed, I say, you know what? That might be a factor. I'm just going to have to work a little bit harder. And I understand that that's the case that it is instead of just allowing that to be my excuse for failing. So I bring this all full circle back to the Raiders where, look, there may be some bias when some calls come. There may be uh, some bad penalties that the officials call against the Raiders that kind of hold them back. But you know what? At some point, they just got to understand, you know what? That's just the way it is. That's just who it is. That's just what it is. And they're just going to have to find a way to try to overcome it. If they allow that to be a crutch, and I'm not saying the team will. I know that they won't. Every single coach that the Raiders have ever had will always tell you that, hey, that's not the reason why we lost this game. That's not the reason we lost this game. It's because of things that we failed to do is the reason why we lost. But if they were to do that and just allow that to be the crutch, then they're going to sit in the basement forever and just say, well, it's not our fault. It's someone else's. The league hates us. I mean, that is such a, a mentality that you just got to get over. And again, you've got to get over that when it comes to football, when it comes to life, when it comes to anything. If you allow something to keep you down and, and you allow that to be the factor and your excuse on why you didn't do something that you want to do in life, that's on you. That's not on the people that think that way. Look, there's people, like I said, in life, you'll never change the way they think about you. You just can't. And it doesn't matter. Just go out there and bust your backside, do everything you can to achieve the goal that you want. Like Max Crosby said in segment number one, you know, he had a goal. He told anyone who would listen he was going to be in the NFL, and he had a lot of issues and a lot of things that he had to overcome that were his self-inflicted wounds, but he made a decision. Like, I got to get my eyes on a prize. I got to get focused. I got to get sober. I got to get clean, and I can move forward. And now all of a sudden he's sitting in a, in a great place where he's saying, hey, I'm not done yet. I'm going to put in more work. That's, all, that's what you have to do. And that's what everyone needs to get over. And, and the thing about it is I understand why everyone's so upset about it because it's still fresh. But I, I fault some of these folks that are out there on these websites pointed out. And I have nothing against any of these people on the websites. Matter of fact, I know, like I said before earlier in the segment, I know some of these guys that are putting it out. And it just happens to be, you know, convenient timing. Even the guy, the ethical skeptic, hit me up when I said, okay, but this is an old article. Like, this has been like two or three years old. He said, oh, but I updated it in 2021. Okay, but you're conveniently dropping it right now. So I had this guy who is the, the author or the, the guy who put all this together, all the, the whole database about the Raiders and penalties and how they get flagged, this, that, and the other. He, he's hitting me up talking about, well, I lost money because of so-and-so or so-and-so. Like, like, how does that even sound? Oh, well, this guy cost me money because he's saying that this is not a true fact. Or he, this guy cost me money. Why are you allowing someone else to, to cost you money? You know, why are you allowing that to be a crutch? That just sounds like an excuse to me. And like I said, I, I, there's built-in excuses. I've got plenty of friends that use these built-in excuses all the time to, from allowing themselves to be successful or allowing themselves to work a little bit harder. The system's against us. The man is against me. This won't work. This won't work. I refuse. I refuse to allow someone else to be the reason why I can't do something. If I can't do something in life, it's because I can't do something. In my vocabulary, I can't is not even a phrase. 
You know what I mean? I'll try. I might not do it great, but I'm going to try whatever I, it is I'm doing. If it's radio, if it's podcasting, if it's delivering FedEx packages, I'm going to do it the very best I can and try to be the best at it. Simple as that. That's just who I am. And I refuse to allow someone else to tell me that I can't do it because of this reason, that reason, or the other. As a matter of fact, I had a dude that I worked with back in Fresno, California when I was at Q97. I, was, I had a dude named B-Down. And I first met him. When I first met him, when I came to the radio station, he was a longtime dude. He had already been there. When he first met me, he told me, for a matter of fact, you'll never be a successful DJ in this market in Fresno, California, because you're black and you're not Mexican. And that's what you have to be to be successful in this market. Your last name has to be something else. And you know what? There's a little bit of partial truth to that because I had guys that worked there. Matter of fact, my boss's real name was Tommy White, but he went by Tommy Del Rio on air because it sounded better for the market, right? And that's fine. Okay. And I told him, I said, oh, you know what? I'm going to make it. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be a really good on-air personality. And I was. I was one of the best. You know, and that's not me tooting my own horn. That's me telling you the truth. Because that I actually used as motivation. Oh, you're going to tell me what I can't do before I've even walked in the door and sat down and done anything? I'll show you. I'll show them. I'll show everybody that you ain't going to judge me. You're not going to tell me what I can't do. I'm going to tell you what I can do. And that goes with everything else. And remember, that goes back to even Al Davis. Let's go back to the Raiders. That goes back to Al Davis. Remember, they were winning championships. The team was winning championships, and he was saying, hey, you've got to beat the other team and the officials. But they weren't crying about it. They were going out there and whooping that tail anyway. Yeah, there would be some bad calls that go against them, and they still find ways to overcome, and then they'd chirp about it. They talk that mess, talk that noise. Isn't that better when you have that chip on your shoulder? When you have that little edge to you, when you're like, yeah, okay, this is against me, but I'm going to overcome it anyway. What you're trying to do and trying to hold me back or hold this team back, we're going to overcome those bad penalties instead of just, oh, I'm going to go sit in the corner with my tail between my legs and say, oh, I can't do it because they ain't going to let me do it. No, you go do it. You go take it. You overcome. If it's a bad call or multiple bad calls, go and overcome. Achieve greatness. That's how you become a great team. You know, if you're able to overcome adversity and not allow it to hold you back. And you know what? This Raiders team that we just saw lose to the Bengals on Saturday, they have those traits in them because they didn't allow the adversity that hit in the locker room and off the field and with John Gruden and with Henry Ruggs and with Damon Arnett, this, that, and the other. They didn't allow that adversity to stop them. They didn't say, okay, well, I'm going to go pack my stuff up and go home for the offseason, and we're not going to win any more games because, well, we have too much adversity. We can't overcome it. No, they shut out the outside noise. They didn't listen to this person, that person, or this. They didn't care about no ethical skeptic. They went out there and still found ways to win games. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to ethical skeptic because I know he put a lot of work in, but it's just like, man, okay, get over it. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. If there's something going on, the Raiders need to find a way to overcome it. And, and, and that's what they'll do if they want to be a championship team. It's as simple as that. There was a time when they led the league in penalties and they ended up going to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So they obviously could find a way to do it. Matter of fact, that Jack Del Rio led team that went 12-4 and four and Derek Carr didn't get to go to the playoffs because of injury. Look at the, the penalties that they had and they still found ways to win games. They still overcame it. And they still walked around with swagger and said, that's right, we did the damn thing. What? Who cares? Even a bad penalty couldn't stop us. I just, I, I hate when people start feeling sorry for themselves and maybe not even feeling sorry for themselves is the right word, but it's just, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it's making excuses for failure. No, the only excuse for failure is none. There is no excuse for it. You just happen to fail. And sometimes that happens. I work my tail off and sometimes things just don't go right. Sometimes my show just sucks. It doesn't mean that, you know, 
my co-host held me down or someone else held me down. It just means I didn't have I had a bad day. <laughs> and that happens. I'm sure sometimes you listen to the podcast and you're like, man, that show sucked. Uh, it happens sometimes. We're allowed to have bad days. Thing is, you try not to have them consistently, right? You try to have them as few as, as possible. That's how you become successful. So I, I just don't want to really address this anymore. Uh, I, I don't think for the majority, I don't think a lot of people are trying to dwell on, on that fact. But I just, I see, you know, different websites and different people trying to poke the bear. And then I see Raider Nation starting to latch on and say, well, you're just pretending that it's not there. And, and I'm not going to pretend that. No, man, it's not about pretending. It's about I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm just going to go and keep on pushing forward. And that's exactly what those cats in the locker room, regardless who's there next year, regardless who's on the sideline, regardless who the GM is, they're going to keep on pushing and do what they do. Every one of them to a T will tell you that. I promise you. Your calls and texts are coming up in segment number three, 707-654-4693. What's on your mind? Well, we'll find out after I tell you about betonline.ag. And now is the best time to get your gamble on because, well, it's the NFL playoffs. Everyone is trying to get some skin in the game during the NFL playoffs, and you can too. Betonline.ag, they got more than just football. They're covering basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, you name it, they've got it. All you got to do is go to the website on your laptop or your mobile device, sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You put $1,000 in, use the promo code Locked On, you'll get $500 on top of that to play with. So that's like free money right there. Again, promo code Locked on if you go to betonline.ag and make your first deposit. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Went a little long in segment number two, so I won't be able to get to as many calls and texts as usual, but uh, here we go. Let's start things off with Ryan in the 505, checking in from New Mexico. He's calling to talk about the Mayock-Gruden dynamic and the draft results, who they should blame for the fallout, and the reason he feels this way. Here's Ryan in the 505. What's up? It's Ryan from... uh the 505 New Mexico. I was just calling to uh, talk about how everyone's saying about uh, who should have left. Is it is it Mayock or, or Gruden? Uh, who owned the draft picks? You know, who actually made the, the decisions? If you go back and watch Mike Mayock's reaction to the criticism of Alex Leatherwood, you know damn well he's the one who made that pick. He was very defensive. We'll do what we want to do. We don't care what the experts say. That just goes to show you right there that he was responsible for that pick. And the same goes for Damon Arnett. Watch that interview, too. He just thought he was smarter than everybody, and uh, it came back to bite him. As far as who we should get, I don't know. But for people saying, you know, Mayock did a good job in the later rounds, he did. You know, he found Crosby and Koontz and all these other guys, but I don't know. A lot of his, a lot of those bad picks were his, and the Cleveland Farrell pick. Like really, he said he had high character. That's why we chose him. You're very defensive over that pick too, but mo- mostly the Alex Leatherwood one. That's all I wanted to say. Q, talk to you later, man. Go Raiders. There he goes, Ryan in the 505, Rep New Mexico, right there. And look, I'll say this: Mike Mayock, we'll never know. I mean, it's easy to say, well, the way he reacted to this pick, reacted to that pick. Rea- I mean, you, we can come up with every theory that we want. 
We'll never know exactly whose pick was what until someone actually comes out and says, yeah, hey, by the way, I was solely responsible for that. And I'll tell you right now, from the interactions I've had with Mike Mayock, he has no problem with doing that. He has no problem with bearing the cross on and saying it was all his fault. You know, and we all know that that's not true. So I'll go back to the same conversation I've had many times. If you're going to praise Gruden for any of the picks, you've got to praise Mayock. If you want to hate on Gruden for any of the picks, you've got to hate on Mayock. Those two guys were joined at the hip, in my opinion. And Mike Mayock, from what I know, from my interactions that I've had with him, uh, personally, one-on-one, or any time a media session, he's never going to point the finger and say, hey, that was on him. He'll always say that that was on me, that was my responsibility. We'll never really know who did what. But I just think that uh, there was a decision that Mark Davis made and he decided he wanted to go another direction direction. He felt like there was probably too many misses in free agency in the draft and wanted to get someone in there as a proven talent evaluator. I mean, that's really, I think it's really as simple as that. If you remember, and I'm not saying this is hundred percent accurate, but right after the draft in 2021, there was reports that there was going to be heads rolling sooner rather than later because of some of those picks. I mean, remember that came out, that report came out right after the draft. And for the most part, nobody saw anything really happen. So we kind of all thought, Hey, no big deal, but here you are, you know, uh, a couple days removed from the end of the season and Mike Mayock's out and who knows, Rich Passaccia uh, might be on his way out or he might end up getting that, that head coaching job. We don't know. We'll find that answer out soon rather than later but uh, I just I don't I, I don't have it in me to point the finger and blame one person for something I just think that it is what it is those guys work together in tandem so they go down together they get praised together and they go down together simple as that thank you so much for that call next up got a text from Joel in the IE says Q what's up big dog Joel out in the IE Wanted to ask you what your thoughts on the direction this team is heading in, what it would be. With Mayock out and a new GM and a coach coming in, does that mean a rebuild? Obviously, the car question comes into play. I feel this team has so many good pieces, and yes, Carr is one of them. Who will replace him? Rodgers isn't coming to Vegas. Bring in a number one receiver, left guard, right tackle, right guard to either push Leatherwood or make him sit. I hope they hire a defensive-minded coach. I imagine the possibilities with this pass rush. All right, big dog, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for all you do for the nation. Again, that's from Joel in the IE. And look, I'll tell you this. I can't tell you who's coming in or what direction they're going to go. Is it going to be an offensive-minded coach? If it's going to be Rich Basaccia, who the GM's going to be? I can't tell you any of that. But what I can tell you, and I've been saying this a lot on Radio Nation Radio 920, this is not a rebuild job. This should not be a rebuild job. There is absolutely no reason that a GM should come in there and a potential new head coach go in there and say, yeah, we can't win with this. We're going to go ahead and blow it up. There's absolutely no reason for it. I know that's the easy thing for national media to say that this is a rebuild, but I do not believe it is. And if they do a rebuild, then something went terribly wrong. They made a terrible mistake. And I'll go back to ownership. Ownership makes a terrible mistake if they allow someone to come in and rebuild. There's way too many pieces to build around. There's really a lot of good pieces on this squad right now. It just needs some fine-tuning work. That's all it does. You mentioned some of the pieces. A number one wide receiver, absolutely. A left guard, yes, check. Right tackle, check. Right guard, check. Because I'm not convinced that Leatherwood's going to be a solid right guard. But I would like, like you said, someone to push him. And if he, if he makes the cut, he makes the cut. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I could see a new offensive coordinator coming in because they want to get a little bit more creative. But again, that all starts with the GM. That starts with whoever the coach is going to be, and then that will have a trickle-down effect after that. But I'll tell you right now, man, if there's any kind of sign of a rebuild for this team in 2022, something went wrong, and somebody made a bunch of mistakes. And if they did do, do that, I'll be the first one to come on here and say I was wrong, but I'll also be the first one to come on here and say they screwed up. This does not need to be a rebuild. The Raiders have done that way too many times, and Raider Nation has been through rebuilds way too much. This is not 
that scenario, in my opinion. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. Next up is a call from Raider X. He's calling in to talk about Mike Mayock and how he's feeling about him being let go. Here he is, Raider X. Yo, Q, this is Raider X here talking about the departure of Mike Mayock. I believe Mayock did an okay job. I don't think we'll ever know. Maybe, hopefully, you know, some years in the future, we get a little bit more clarity on uh, who ran the show. I believe it was Gruden. But just for conversation's sake, was the roster better in 2017 or 2021? I ask this because that's prior Mayock, and then we had a Reggie McKenzie, a true GM from some people's account, not mine, or a Mayock roster. I think that John Gruden ran the premier picks, those high number one picks, first round picks, and also some of the twos. I think that uh, Mayock, especially why he brought in his own scout team, is to invest in the later uh, choices. I think that's why we found so many gems. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Secondly, in regards to Bisaccia, now holding a team together, that's kind of a, an expected quality for a coach to bring them together and to hold them together so that they can work unified as a team. And I do give him a heck of a lot of credit, especially with everything against him, all, everything you could imagine just, just going the other direction and he still kept him on task. That's admirable. But will that continue the growth? Just did not see it. Did he progress? Did he learn on the job? Yes. How much more does he have? Like you have even said, let's not go on upside. Let's go on reality. Man might have upside, but is but we need a proven commodity to come in and take the reins. I'd like to have that GM. I think something's brewing behind the scenes. I think that they have a GM already in line, and now they're, they're talking to him to see exactly what type of coach they want to bring in, or vice versa. Okay, thank you. I look forward to those those responses. Go Raiders. There he is, Raider X. Appreciate you, my man. And, of course, there's a lot of speculation, like I mentioned in the first call, you know, who a Gruden pick was, who a Mayock pick. Uh, You can't separate the two, in my opinion. You know, the good ones were Gruden's and the good ones were Mayock's. The bad ones were Gruden's, the bad ones were Mayock's, in my opinion. As far as Basaccia goes, uh, you can't make an emotional decision when you decide what you're going to do with the head coaching spot. You've got to make the right decision. This has got to be able to keep the Raiders headed in the right direction. And 10 wins, getting to the playoffs, is the right direction. They've got to be able to continue this. You can't just ride on emotions because, you know, Rich Basaccia did a really good job. If you get caught up and make an emotional decision, a lot of times you'll make a bad decision. Like, have you ever went out and bought something based off emotions? When I used to sell Kirby vacuums that are $2,000 machines, I would always go for the sell when I could tell that the, the person I was trying to sell it to, I was showing the demonstration to, when they got emotional about it. When all of a sudden they were feeling good about it, you can you can see that look on their face. That's when you go for the kill. That's when you, hey, uh, by the way, you know, you want to buy it? I can make a good deal, this and that, and just get them going. They People make quick emotional decisions. Mark Davis cannot make an emotional decision. He's going to have to make it pretty quick on what he wants to do, but he's not 
going to have to make an emotional decision or he shouldn't have to make an emotional decision. If he does, it probably will be the wrong one because most of the time those quick emotional decisions are usually bad ones, <laughs> right? And they usually end up costing you the most. And you don't want to see the Raiders set back any more years. It's been plenty of setback, setback, setback. It's time to take that step forward. What everyone thought was going to happen when John Gruden took over following the 2017 season, everyone thought, okay, now they're going to go over the hump. They're going to take that step over the hump and they're going to be good to go. Well, that wasn't the case. And this is the first time they make the playoffs. Now they've got to find if they're going to have Rich Basaccia lead the ship and he's going to be the guy to take them to the next level and consistently get back to the playoffs. So be it. You know, hopefully he lays out that plan to show how he's going to do it. If not, then they got to find someone that will. It's as simple as that. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. And that's all the time I got for today's show. I got a text from Paul J in Tampa Bay. Most known, unknown, he hit us up. Stabler's Ghost hit us up. Raider Izzy, uh, Chef Nick in Denver. Got all those coming up on tomorrow's show. We'll have more news and notes on tomorrow's show. Maybe we'll get a little bit more idea of what Mark Davis wants to do as far as the GM position goes. Maybe we'll hear more about the head coaching position. Who knows? And, of course, we'll have a lot more to talk about here on the show as we do each and every day. So I appreciate you, Raider Nation, for everything. Uh, Make sure you take care of your family. Love on your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.